Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're gonna dive into all things God's design for healthy sexuality. Let's talk about it. Hey, let's talk about it, listeners. Caitlin here with a special guest, Kristen Jensen. This is our second time having her on. So if you haven't watched our previous YouTube video and podcast with Kristen, you're gonna wanna listen to that one as well. But Kristen Jensen is the author of the book series, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. The original book is in seven languages worldwide. She's also the founder of Defend Young Minds and has created this amazing digital curriculum called Brain Defense. We talk about Defend Young Minds and their resources all of the time. If you haven't heard it yet, then you're missing something. So we're so excited for a deeper look and conversation with Kristen today. Kristen, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be here with you, Caitlin. Thank you so much. Yes, we're so excited because after our first conversation together with Cole, we stopped recording and we just kept kind of talking afterwards. We're like, we need to do another one. We need to dive deeper into this topic. So you are in for a treat today, folks. But just again, to make sure if you're like, man, I'm a parent, but my kids are little. I don't have to think about pornography yet. I don't need to talk about this or even consider this as something I can like compartmentalize that to later. Her whole thing is no, no, no. Start now. Start young. Because though we might think that, you know, we're protecting our children, we have safety measures at home, you know, we don't know what they could be exposed to with friends or school. So this is a conversation for all parents of all ages and her books. If you haven't seen them yet, grab them on Amazon. You can grab them on the link here in this video or on this podcast, however you're watching or listening today, because these are amazing resources for young children. Like I said, it's a follow-up conversation to what we had on just Kristen, tell us what you think about are parents aware of what their kids are seeing and experiencing online? Uh, yeah, Kaylin. Well, you know, unfortunately, and I and this is backed up by studies, uh, parents vastly underestimate the negative experiences their children are having online. And one of the most recent studies was done in uh, Britain and in Great Britain. And they basically interviewed parents and their children. And they asked the parents, have your children been exposed to pornography? Well, about, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the 25% um, of them said, yeah, we think that they probably seen pornography. When actually 53%, so that's more than double, had seen pornography and it, it was wow. worse for, for, for girls. So they only thought 17, 17% thought that their daughters had seen pornography and 58% had seen it in reality. So you can see, we call this the naivete gap. Um, and this also extends not just pornography, but bullying, violence, you know, some of these really bad challenges that they're getting on these mm -hmm. apps. Um, and so parents would be wise to understand and to close that naivete gap and to better understand just what their kids are facing so that they can be the mentors and and the support that their children need for the life that they're actually living yeah and and not the life that their parents hope they're living because they can be very different so you can either be caught off guard 
um, when something negative happens with your child, or you can be prepared uh, to deal with it. And that's what we're all about is, you know, preparing parents to raise empowered, resilient, screen smart kids. And this is all part of it. So there's, you know, knowledge is power, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say that I appreciate everyone that's here watching or listening because uh, one thing I know about your audience is that they are willing to face these tough things head on so their kids won't have to face them alone. Yeah. And um, so I just appreciate everyone that's listening or watching uh, to the, uh, this and really wanting to learn. So I love shout out that. to your audience. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I so agree. It's right. We're trying to be proactive instead of reactive because we so often just we get into these crisis moments. We're like, wait, what could we have done before? What could we have done earlier? So I think this is and for so many of us parents, we probably have a painful experience of our past. So it might even trigger yeah. us to think about it. But it's so important that we do the work to heal that stuff, to make sure we take a good look at what was our earliest and most frequent exposures to sexuality and pornography and say, okay, it wasn't done well. I want to make sure it's done differently. How do I do that? And yes, agreed. Those of you who are listening and watching, cheers to you for being here, being mm -hmm. intentional and saying, I want to do better for my children and to make sure that we're leading this next generation. Because like I said before, it's not just your children, right? Like I care about my kids' friends, like knowing I know so many of my son's friends have been exposed already. And they're just these little boys that, you know, they care about Nerf guns and hoverboards and video games. And I'm like, and to think that they've been exposed to this just violent, really what's a sexual assault to them. So Kristen, tell us how does, you know, when a curious kid finds it or when a kid finds it accidentally, which I know are so many of the stories of our son's friends, how might that affect their concept of sex? Well, it really gives them this toxic version of sex when they have may not have even, you know, you may not have even started talking to them about sex. Then their first uh, impression is that it's violent or deviant. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm most concerned about is that sex that is portrayed in um, pornography often is violent. It's definitely inhumane. Um, and it's not done in a kind of like with the idea that you're going to have an intimate relationship, a trusting, loving relationship mm -hmm. with this person. It's really an exploitative relationship. It's somebody exploiting another person for their own, you know, pleasure for their own, you know, uh, purposes. So I don't think that's actually what sex should be. Uh, I believe sex should be, you know, uh, between two people that love each other, trust each other, that it's a bonding and healthy experience that, you know, promotes a, a healthy relationship. Whereas, you know, the opposite is shown in, uh, in, in porn. So we need to get in there early and talk to our kids about sex, the purposes of sex, not just the mechanics, but, you know, the broader picture of the values that we have about it, because I promise you they're 180 degrees opposite of what is shown in pornography. Um, so 
let's let's get in there and you know get get the first hopefully make the first impression so that they can and if we don't make the first impression make sure we lead up with you know discussions about what sex what you believe sex should be yes yes that's so good yeah that reminds me we recently watched a documentary chris and i don't know if you've heard of it or seen it yet but it's called raised on porn and it's a documentary showing the effects of childhood and you know finding pornography and i mean it's heartbreaking to watch we actually did a screening at it at one of our live events and um you know the point of it too is to raise awareness and to bring activism and to protect children um, and all these things. But what's funny is the room was just weeping because of their own experiences uh, from a young yeah. age and just being in a room and facing, you know, some of them were probably perpetrators and some were victims. I mean, it was just this, it was such an intense and heavy thing. But one of the things they taught in that documentary that was so um, good, I think, for parents to hear was that they realized it would take about 12 minutes for a child or anyone to when they first stumble on the porn website to get away from violent pornography like that everything that is first fed to them is so violent and so aggressive and they have these certain you know names and terms for it but that it would take them that long just to be intentional to find something that's not way so i think also as parents listening sometimes we think oh yeah like i found porn when i was seven in a magazine you know I'm okay. It didn't affect me that much, but it's like, no, no, what they're seeing is probably not what your experience was. They're seeing this violence and just exactly like what you said, not what we're trying to make sure to instill as that first mention of this is what sex is created for. This is the meaning and purpose behind beautiful sexual intimacy and bonding. So that's so good. Right. Uh, Kristen, can a child become addicted to pornography and how soon can this happen? Well, a child can become instantly curious, more curious, right? Mm-hmm. I've talked to some people who, once they saw it, they just felt compelled to, you know, look for more uh, nude, you know, pictures, more, you know, more pornography. And um, so children who consume porn on a regular basis and then add in masturbation, that's like lighter fluid. To the experience. Um, and then if they start using that, because it is what they call a super normal, uh, super stimulus, right? So it's, it's uh, not just looking at pictures, like you're looking at pictures of the beach, you're looking at pictures of cute puppies, you know, then you're looking at porn, porn, you know, really affects the brain in a, on a completely different level. And so I would say that, you know, I hesitate to want to label a child addicted, but if a child cannot stop watching and continues to go back and try searching for it, especially if they use pornography to distract them from harmful, you know, from negative emotions, Mm -hmm. that's when addiction starts to kick in. And that can be with anything really. Um, Most people who, who are alcoholics, used drinking to help them escape from a difficult situation or a difficult, you know, feeling, a painful feeling. And that's kind of the process of how people can become addicted. I mean, there's a whole neurological process we could get into, but basically children need to understand. And that's what we talk about in our original Good Pictures, Bad Pictures book is, you know, the feeling brain and the thinking brain and how they work together 
and how an addiction is created. So I don't know how quickly a child, I mean, I've heard from people that said, once I saw it, I was hooked and I just felt compelled to keep coming back. Others, you know, kind of stumbled upon it maybe when they were younger, but then when the hormones started kicking in, they found it again. And then that's when they became, uh, you know, more kind of consumed with watching it and looking at it. And again, once they learn about masturbation, um, which kids teach each other about this, um, once they learn about that, that just really propels the whole thing. So it's important for kids to be warned. So they are, you know, they have a clue and they can protect themselves and defend themselves if they're caught off guard then their natural curiosity, we can't blame them really yeah. for looking at it. It's just a biological reality. Um, and it can kind of get them the sexual parts of their brain woken up. And once they wake up, it's very difficult to shut that down. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So Kristen, what would be some next steps for a parent if they're just on that discovery journey of, you know, we could even say the discovery journey of how to find out if their kids have been exposed to something negative. You know, maybe they don't even use the term pornography when they first talk to their child, but trying to put some feelers out there. And then what do they do if they're like, oh, wow, my children has been viewing pornography and could potentially be addicted because they've it's become a habit for them? Yeah. Well, first of all, you really need to take the time to be aware of what your kids are doing online, to have proper safeguards and to realize that that digital world is much more open to predators and, you know, negative experiences than their probably their physical world. For a lot of parents, they feel like, well, my kid is physically safe. We live in a good neighborhood. We send them to a safe school, well, you know, whatever, even if you feel. And so parents tend to feel like, well, we're safe, but you have to be aware of what the child is doing online and where they're going online and the experiences they have. Now, the best way I believe to do this, and this is going to sound like duh, but it's communication, having regular talks. Some people do, you know, Tech Talk Tuesday whatever, but on a regular basis, talk about technology, the positive, the negative. Um, and you can even do this as a, as a exercise, give them a bunch of sticky notes, have them give them a timer and say, okay, in the next five minutes, I want you to write down all the good things about technology that, you know, all the good things that you can, you know, that it brings to our lives. And then Another five minutes, give them a chance to write down on sticky notes, all the negative things, put that up on a board or on the wall, and then talk about them, uh, discuss these things. Um, maybe you're going to take those things and say, you know what, all these negative things and the positive things, we're going to use these things for ongoing conversations. Mm. So next week, we're going to talk about, well, you can meet people that, you know, are, are unsafe. We're going to have a talk about that. We have articles on Defend Young Minds about all these things. So that could be a good way to really start to better understand what your child is doing um, online in, a, in their digital world. Because that's the thing is you can't, 
You can see the park, you can see the neighborhood, you can see their school. It's not so easy to see, especially if they're playing video games and they have earphones yep. and you can't hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to be particularly vigilant. And parents, I'll tell you, I would recommend that you look at your own lives and you start to eliminate extra stuff so that you can have time to do this. And for some parents, it's going to be tough. But I'm just saying for this period of time, you know, between the time they're six, seven, eight, and the time that they leave the nest, um, so critical and really to be focused on them is going to give them a leg up, you know, in their future and help, help, uh, give them a healthy start and launch them into adulthood. Um, sometimes we get distracted ourselves and spend a lot of time doing things that, um, anyway, I've just realized in my own life, pared down things that I need to pare down so that I can focus more on my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about, that's really good. What about the parents who, you know, we need to have these conversations. We need to get in it with them. We need, I love that idea of Tech Talk Tuesday. We always do Taco Tuesday. So I'm like, we could pair Taco Tuesday (laughs) and Tech Talk Tuesday. It could be a thing we make sure we talk about at the dinner table. Um, but then for the parent who might be like seeing red, right, where it's crisis, they even maybe came across and found this is what my child is seeing. You're heartbroken. You're in pain. Um, what do you think? Because, you know, for me and my experience, I'm just I, I know some of the things too much because of what we do. Right. That's on there that I'm thinking, wow, in order for a child to really be able to undo and heal the things they've been exposed to. Would it be good for them to see a professional? Do I take them to a counselor? How do I really get in to see, like you said, we can't, we can't see what they saw, but to understand then that they've, they've taken on and learned so much that is so unhealthy. Um, what are some, yeah. what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got three steps, right? When you see that your child has seen pornography or even sought out pornography, um, here's three steps. The three steps are one, educate yourself. Uh, and I would say even before that, like take time, don't, don't react. Don't react. Give yourself 24, 48, 72 hours, you know, a week. Don't react. Number one, educate yourself. We have a wonderful guide, really an ebook on our website. That's, you know, my kids saw porn now what, and it's got it starts out with five steps called the SMART plan and S stands for stay calm. M stands for make a plan. Um, and then there are three other steps. And, and so I would highly recommend you get that guide um, and it's, you know, downloadable and it is, well, I haven't seen really another guide that's so um, we just took all the best of the best advice that we could find. We also have lots of articles on, you know, should your child see a counselor? We have therapists that have written on uh, about that on our website. Should uh, I have my child describe what they saw? Um, You know, that's another question. And will that do more damage? We've got an article on that. And and um, and by the way, I think uh, that's probably a good thing is to let your child talk about it. Um, But you can read more about that. 
So uh, I, I can't stress uh, enough to stay calm because if you react out of fear, anger, shame, embarrassment, whatever, and just kind of splatter that all over your child, they're not going to feel safe to really give you the whole truth. And, you know, kids, they'll test you. Like if they feel safe, they'll tell you a little bit. And if you don't like freak out, then they may tell you a little bit more and a little bit more. And so it's not that you need to condone them looking at pornography or doing things, but you also don't need to condemn, right? So it's important to get your, to deal with your own emotions first and then begin dealing with uh, the problem. The other thing is the second step, make a plan. We have a list of questions that you need to get answered from your child. There's, I think, like 10 questions, but you want to do it step by step. You don't want like an interrogation, right? Yeah. <laughs> with the light shining, whatever. <laughs> so you, want to, you want to do it little by little in a natural way, you know, not putting a lot of pressure. Um, but to get those answers, I think are going to really help you then map out your next steps. So that's what we provided for you. Uh, that smart plan guide on our website and you can check that out. That is incredible. How, Go ahead. How a, how a parent reacts, sorry, how a parent reacts is so important. Um, I had a friend who called me, she was sobbing. I couldn't even understand her. I finally just went over to her house. I thought something horrible had happened and uh, I found her sobbing in her bathroom and she had found pornography on the iPad that her 14-year-old son was using. And she, her first initial, like, she wanted to go to the school, pull him out, shake him and say, what were you doing? What were you doing? And I said, calm down. We can deal with this. You're strong enough. You know, let's find out what's really happening. Um, and... I think too, I'll just put this caveat. The, if your child says, I don't know how that got there. I, 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 I think a friend was using it to you know, I would, I wouldn't, you know, say you're lying, but I would like, you know, odds are, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I would just be Suspend belief in that completely, but you want to believe it because you don't want to believe that your child could ever be involved in any of this. I would just take that and um, make sure you keep alert. So I said there were three things, right? So the first one is educate yourself. And then I told you that there's this plan uh, in that guide. So go ahead and follow that, you know, step by step. And then the third thing is keep current, right? Keep current by, you know, reading articles and stay up to date. You're welcome to subscribe to Defend Young Minds. We will definitely just send you like one email a week that has the updates. Um, and then educate your child. Educate your child. And you mentioned brain defense, digital safety. That's a great, uh, uh, that's a great um, tool and the books. So educate yourself, then 
Now make that plan, follow that plan, keep yourself educated. And then I guess there's fourth step, which is educate your children so that they understand, you know, the dangers of pornography. So many kids, it's so normalized. They just think that it's normal. And if everyone does it, how can it be really hurting? But our kids need to understand the truth uh, so that they can defend themselves and protect themselves. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much, Kristen. We're gonna make sure to have that resource, that powerful tool available here in the show notes, wherever you're watching or listening, because that is so powerful. When you're like, I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know which way to go first. It's gonna feel like you have a friend holding your hand saying, "Here, here's, yep. stay calm, make a plan. Here we go, we've got this together. So that's so amazing. Again, so thankful for everything you guys do. So shifting the conversation a bit, Kristen, because this is what you and I had talked about um, last time we met of just like, wow, this is a reality that we're facing that nobody's really talking about. And we're so thankful that you're willing to go there. So will you tell us, Kristen, how does pornography make a child more vulnerable to that hands-on sexual abuse? Okay. Well, a child that is viewing pornography um, is more susceptible. And, and this is one reason why. Hands-on perpetrators use pornography. It's their best tool. They use pornography to desensitize a child to sex, to various sexual behaviors, to normalize it for the child. And um, so a child that has been warned, like you shouldn't be looking at pornography and nobody should be showing it to you, they've already got a heads up, right? And I'll tell you a quick story. There was a family uh, they went over with their children to have dinner at a friend's house. And because of some remodeling, all the toys had been put down uh, in the basement at the bottom of the stairs. So each child was allowed to go down and grab a toy. And uh, her little six-year-old went down and he's there looking, you know, trying to figure out which toy to get. And while he was there, the man who was renting an apartment in their basement, came over, you know, with his cell phone, showed him gay porn and said, this is really fun. We could do this together. You know, he started to groom this child. And this child like recognized immediately that that was pornography because it involved, you know, pictures of private parts. And he went up the stairs and was able to tell his mom and I think that kind of cut that dinner short, <laughs> but um, imagine, and I've had people tell me that reading good pictures, bad pictures to their children, to their child has actually saved them from a hands-on perpetrator. So it's just common sense. When children are warned about pornography and know that no one should ever be showing them pornography, that they really have an extra layer of protection when it comes to hands-on perpetrators. Wow, so good. Um, how does pornography affect the behavior of children who consume it, especially as it relates to other children? Yeah, so this may be the saddest part. And again, I just wanna emphasize that, you know, knowledge is power um, and, if you have more knowledge about the ill effects, the negative effects of pornography on children, 
you're just going to be that much more prepared to help your child. Um, and, you know, our children are not robots. They can make choices, right, for themselves, but we can influence them. We can um, really give them that foundation uh, so that they know um, how to best protect themselves. So I would say that, unfortunately, um, because of how pornography affects the brain, it's actually in a very effective learning tool. So what do I mean about that? It like if you're teaching a kid history and they're just reading from a book, might not engage the brain as much. Now, maybe if you show them a video, might engage them more, right? And there's other ways you can engage the brain. But because of the sexual nature of pornography and often the violence with it, it it just creates a situation, a super normal stimulus, a super stimulus, so that it's actually, uh, I mean, if kids can learn history like they learn sex from porn, um, it would, uh, we'd have a lot of great historians walking around. So because of the way pornography affects the brain, it is like a super learning environment. Um, and the problem is, is that, it takes advantage of a child's natural, you know, uh, imitative behavior, right? Kids imitate what they see adults do. That's how they grow up and become adults. And that is just, they're wired for imitation. But when they are, have this super normal stimulus of pornography, some kids um, want to act out. They want to take the next step. And so if they find a vulnerable child, whether it's a sibling, a cousin, a neighbor, um, they may, you know, start to act out. And it's not, you know, it's, I've talked to people that, that this has happened to. They, you know, acted out on other children as children. And they're not doing it like in this malicious, violent, evil way. It's like something new. Hey, this is something new. I want to share it with, I want to, let's go play, right? Let's play adults. Kids do this. You know, they like to play with their little toy vacuums. They, it, it shouldn't like surprise us that this is what happens. And the way, and we know it's happening because the statistics of child on child um, sec, harmful sexual behavior, which is, you know, child on child sexual abuse, are skyrocketing. Um, there are some estimates in, for example, in Great Britain, they did a study that showed that 65% of children that are, uh, that are sexually abused are sexually abused by other children, by other minors, 65%. So, um, you know, that's just one study. Uh, an older study in the United States says it's 40%. I think it's much higher than that based on just the anecdotal information I've gotten. Um, and we can understand, again, kids have this access to pornography. It's a super learning tool. Yeah. Their brains are like ah, on fire with it. And then, you know, they want to imitate what they see. So um, I think that's really important that children understand that they, sh so I was at a conference, a symposium that we actually helped to um, sponsor back in Washington, D.C. with the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And it was on this child-on-child -child harmful sexual behavior. 
And one of the experts, uh, you know, she was a doctor, and, uh, uh, an academic, and she got up and she's just like, yes, teach your children to be safe from other children, right? But teach your children to be a safe child, right? Not only do we now have to teach our children to beware of stranger danger or, or the sexual um, behavior of others, we need to teach our child to never be sexual with another child. Um, and I think that that's just where we're at right now. Um, and I think that's not something that is going to be, you know, you can just, as you're talking to them about sex, just say, this is for a time and a place and a person according to your values. Um but never with another child, never, ever, ever. And I think if you, you know, put that in there, I think that's really very important. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I love what you just, how you emphasize it's they're created, like they imitate, like that is what they're drawn to. They play house. Yeah. Like we play cars, we play grownups, they play, you know, fa my kids always play family. And so to know like, wow, this is something we, you know, if you've had somebody try to play this or imitate it, we shouldn't be shocked by that's, that's their next step. Um, so what, if a parent finds out that their child has done this, if they find out, you know what, I think my child has acted out sexually on another child or maybe even a sibling, what should they do? Okay. So again, we have a series of four articles, well, several articles actually, but we have a series of four articles that were written by uh, Robin Reber. So she works at Star Guides Wilderness Therapy and they take in these kids that have acted out on other kids and they provide an intense therapy for them. Hopefully your child won't need that, but it's good to learn what you should do because, they, because depending on the state that you live in, there are a lot of different laws regarding this. So I'll, I will definitely recommend you read at least that first article. Um, and then you'll know, you know, the, that there's this resource and maybe it's not your kid, but maybe it's a friend of yours, right. Who has confided in you or someone, you know, in your circle. Um, and this is just really good information to know how to react. The first thing is um, to know that kids act out on other children. They may have either had a, a hands-on perpetrator or been exposed to pornography and been consuming it and then acted out um, where porn is the perpetrator, right? The initial mm -hmm. perpetrator. Um, they don't just simply wake up one day and start uh, doing sexual things with another child unless they've had a situation that has kind of taught them and primed them to do that. So I will say the first step is stay calm. I mean, if there's any freak out time, this would be a freak out time. Go in your bedroom and freak out. Like try to deal with your own emotions. Stay calm. Uh, don't panic. This really is so important. Um, I would say do not share this outside of people you absolutely trust implicitly, whether it's your spouse or an extremely close friend or family member, do not share this widely. Um, you need to go into a phase of research. So um, that would be the second thing is to, um, well, actually the first thing is to stay calm, right? The second thing is you have to create a safety plan for 
to make sure. So like if you're, you have a 12 year old that is acted out on a seven year old in your own home, you have to create a safety plan. We have resources to help you do that and links to organizations that have these plans. So definitely uh, look at that, but you're going to have to make sure that that child is watched, whether you install cameras, locks on doors, et cetera, making sure that, you know, the child isn't reoffending. And when you end up having to report this, you're going to be able to say, I immediately took action. And these are the actions we took. Um, and I, um, Robin says to start a journal, documenting everything. Um, and then, and there's more to that, but definitely, you know, um, you can look at the article to get all that information. And then the other thing is um, you need to start researching, to find out how you can help this child. Now, depending on the state, there's going to be different resources. Um, but again, in your research phase, I would say if you're calling up agencies and whatever to find out what services, to find out where you can get help for your child, keep what has happened to yourself because research and reporting are two different phases. You will be reporting at some point, but the research phase is not that part. So just be a little savvy. Um, like I said, depending on the laws in your state and uh, you, you, it just is different. So I can't like give, I'm giving kind of broad mm -hmm. um, steps, but again, we have these resources. Uh, I just wouldn't, I guess the thing is stay calm, do your research, keep your kids safe and other kids safe mm -hmm. and, um, and then move on. And we, like I said, we have these four articles that will walk you step by step help you find the legal help you may need, you know, and I'll tell you, um, we did this. I don't honestly haven't seen a lot of people do things like this when it comes to pornography, because you know that pornography is leading to this. Yep. And this was just a labor of love because this isn't something that is easy to talk about, but we want it out there. So parents can yes. find it because it's a desperate situation and if you're smart and if you know how to go about it, you can get the best outcome for your child. And I just want to assure you, children can do very well when they have proper treatment and uh, when they have resources. It's usually the victim, victim, they're both victims, yeah. okay? Yep. Both are victims, but the victim in the sense of who was, you know, they receive the, the sexual behavior, um, they're going to get more um, resources. It's going to be easier for those parents to find help for that child than it will be to find help for the perpetrator child. I, I hate to use those two words together, uh, but that's just kind of the way it is right now. And I hope it's changing. And I think it is. We're starting to understand that both children are victims. We need to help both. Wow. But in one program in Oklahoma, they have actually a really pretty good 
So if you're in Oklahoma and this happens to you, you're actually really lucky because you, there's a program where they put these kids through an 18 month weekly uh, class with the parents and they have like a 97% success rate. Wow. But those kids do not go back to reoffend. Um, and uh, I will also say that most kids that are offending on other kids, they don't grow up to be pedophiles. That's a separate thing. They're just offending on other children because that's who they have access to. That's their, you know. Um, and so uh, most of these kids do not grow up. Pedophiles develop that kind of fetish through pornography. Um, and, and that's a separate thing. So just be assured that even if this happens to your child, there is hope and children can be taught and learn. We'd love to be able to prevent all this, um, but we know that we can't in every situation. So we wanted to provide these resources for children and for their parents. Wow, Kristen, thank you so much. Thank you for being willing to go there. Like you said, this is not easy to talk about. It is a labor of love. Like it feels like you're just like tiptoeing a bit because you're like, oh, this is so painful that we even have to, to discuss this and to go there. But it is, it's very real. And the, the silence and lack of talking about it just leads to so much more pain, so much more destruction. So we're super thankful for you, your team that has just really pioneered this. And again, thank you for these articles. I know how it can feel where you're like, oh, I, I can only give you like little bits and pieces of where to go. So parents, please make sure that you just go educate yourself on these articles that they have. Again, we'll make sure to link them, but this is so powerful. I love what you shared about the safety plan. Um, I think all of us, again, can go back to saying, let's be proactive there, right? Of just saying, what do we do to make sure our kids are safe in our homes with their friends and family members? Um, and then also just being super transparent, knowing there's so many parents listening, this was your experience. Um, I was first acted on by an older female cousin and there wasn't any language. My, you know, our parents both found the situation and nothing was spoken of ever. And it's so detrimental. It causes so much confusion of like, what was that? You know, for me, I, thankfully we lived in different states, so we never really saw each other much. It didn't, it wasn't something that kept being perpetrated, but man, I just remember being, for me, it was shame was induced immediately because yeah. they caught us, they said, stop. But then there was no language. What just happened to me? Is it okay? It was very much playing. There were teddy bears involved. We were so young, um, but it was just so, so alarming and confusing as a child. So parents, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being intentional in your homes and to change it for your legacy, your next generation. And Thank you, Kristen, and everybody, your team at Defend Young Minds who work so hard to create these amazing, powerful resources to see change in these children's lives. Thank you. You're very welcome. This is what we kind of live for. And, you know, kids can learn to reject pornography. They can become safer from sexual abuse and sexual assault. Your story is so similar to how many other stories. Um, in fact, when I was going uh, you know, flying to that child on child symposium that I mentioned earlier, I sat by a guy who was a pilot actually. And, um, we got talking and you know, was the situation on a plane, like, uh, I want to be really <laughs> quiet. But anyway, he started talking 
And I mentioned, he goes, well, this happened to me when I was nine. And, um, you know, he was perpetrated on by another child. And he just was like, he says, and it, you know, I'm in my thirties and I, it still affects me. And I was just so like, oh my gosh, you know, um, there's not much I could say or do to help that particular um, person, but my heart went out to him as it does to all children. So much of this is kind of innocent and yet it has such harmful uh, you know, outcomes yeah. for kids. And so the more we can talk to them about it openly, the more they'll feel like I have someone I can come to and, and talk to. I have the vocabulary. Yeah. Like I know what to say and it's a gift. Um, one of my favorite stories, and I may have even told this story on our previous podcast, but I'm going to say it again. And that <laughs> is one child was, uh, her, his mom read him good pictures, bad pictures. He went to school the, a few days later. A kid showed him pornography on a cell phone out on the playground. And this child recognized it was pornography. He went home, told his mom, and he said, I was scared, but I knew what to do. You know, what he saw was so shocking, it scared him. But he says, but I knew what to do. That is such a gift. We need to teach our kids what to do. We need to teach them to thrive in the actual world that they're living in. Yes. Um, and then they'll have the tools. Then they'll have the knowledge to be able to defend their own minds, right? Digital self-defense skills, and yes. um, which are just, all kids deserve that. <laughs> yes. They do. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Your passion is so apparent and we're so thankful for it. So thank you for being with us again today, Kristen. And thank you. Let's talk about it. Listeners and viewers, the Let's Talk About It fam, you guys are amazing. And we will see you next time. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.